This podcast is brought to you by Reynolds and Reynolds, the industry leader in automotive technology. Find out what Reynolds is up to in the digital retailing space by visiting reyrey.com slash register. That's R-E-Y, slash register. Hi, everyone. This is Steve Schmidt with Automotive News. Welcome to Daily Drive for Friday, May 14th. David Wren, co-founder and CEO of Stream Companies, describes digital retailing and automotive as sporadic. He believes that's driven by a few factors. First, it's still an emerging area in the business of selling and servicing vehicles. Certainly, the pandemic created a powerful catalyst for automotive retailers to invest in their digital retailing capabilities, but there is still a lot of opportunity to do more. Second, It's complex. A diverse marketplace of digital retailing tools, coupled with opportunities to connect digitally with customers across marketing, sales, and service, mixed with a purchase funnel where consumers have multiple points of entry, dealer websites, manufacturer websites, third-party websites, social media platforms, makes tackling digital retailing seem hard. And finally, because it's hard, because there's a lot of learning to do, and because it can be expensive, automotive marketers are taking different approaches to their digital retailing strategies. Still, he believes automotive retailers of any size can make investments in digital retailing capabilities. While some have the ability to make massive investments in technologies, he says the barriers of entering surrounding technology costs have come down and there are lower cost solutions available. He and his team are helping advise clients on how to navigate their digital retailing strategies and investments, not only on where to start, but what's ahead as a result of changes big tech companies like Google, Apple, Facebook, and others are making in how they manage third-party cookies, a critical technology that drives performance of digital ads and helps marketers capture and nurture leads. What other challenges and concerns surrounding digital retailing is he hearing from dealers and automakers, and what advice is he giving them? What do automotive marketers need to know about pending changes surrounding cookies? What's most exciting about the future of digital retailing and automotive? We've reached Stream Company's co-founder and CEO, David Wren, at the company's corporate headquarters in Malvern, Pennsylvania. David, thanks so much for joining me today on Daily Drive. How are you? I'm great, Steve. How about yourself? Doing fantastic. It is so good to speak with you. Why don't we start with digital retailing? Certainly a big topic these days in automotive. Give us your assessment of digital retailing in the automotive industry today. Uh, Steve, yeah, I I think uh, my assessment of digital retailing in automotive is um, sporadic. Um, We've got um, a lot of, of different uh, types of dealers utilizing and uh, making digital retailing part of their their retailing ecosystem. Um, so it's become, as we all know, with the pandemic, uh, a hot topic. And we've got you know different dealers taking different approaches when it comes to you know fully leaning into digital retailing um, versus just um, you know looking at it as something that they must uh, have. So I think there's a couple different approaches we're seeing in the marketplace. It certainly is timely and it certainly is somewhat complex, I think, of where you are in the ecosystem and quite frankly, how much money you have to invest in digital retailing. Why don't we start with the consumer, however, because I think they're they're driving a lot of this. How have consumer expectations changed regarding their digital experience when it comes to shopping for a vehicle? Yeah, I, I, Steve, I think the, the experience with of digital retailing comes from, you know, the last 10 plus years as consumers 
we've all become you know more comfortable with purchasing things um, online. Certainly, you know, platforms like Amazon have made it super easy for consumers to to buy things um, with one click. So um, a lot of consumers, you know, want to learn more about about their vehicle uh, and start to perform more of that transaction um, online. I think we all know, though, the industry as a whole. Um, with digital retailing is still in its infancy with, you know, roughly, uh, you know, about 300 to 400,000 true online transactions uh, happened last year. So, you know, when we're looking at new vehicle sales and new vehicle sales, you know, it's really just, um, you know, a very small sliver of the overall market right now. Yeah, certainly a lot of area for growth. And, and I think, Folks that I've spoken with on the on the podcast in in recent weeks and months have, like you said, you know, this technology has been around for for a decade or so, but COVID really helped this industry move the needle. Right, this was much more of we have to do it than we we should do it. How much of that shift that digital retailers and automotive, or let's say retailers and automotive made to digital in response to COVID, how much of that do you think is going to stick? And and what do you think will stick? Yeah, Steve, I, I think that there's, there's two things, you know, certainly when we are talking, you know, with our clients and uh, advising them that we need to embrace what we, what we refer to as, as modern retailing, that, we really want to make the car buying process as as frictionless and easy for our uh, customers. So if they choose to do, you know, 25% of that transaction online, we want to make sure that we've got the technology and the infrastructure to support that. If they want to do 50% online, we want to make sure that we're able to support that. And certainly if, if they want to go um, you know, from from mouse to house, we want to also be able um, to support them. But certainly from from the the data points that we're seeing for for the franchise dealer, that you know consumers are still um, prefer to show up um, in in the showroom, touch, feel the car, and and, and buy the car um, in that way. I think. Um, as the industry continues to evolve and the consumer continues to evolve, the, the dealer and the dealer groups need to be prepared for more um, immersive commerce to help um, the consumer really make that, that buying process on their terms and make it as easy as possible. I want to dive into two things, um, what you just said. So one, what is unique about this industry is that there are multiple places where consumers can enter the funnel, right? Third-party websites, dealer websites, OEM websites. How in this notion of, hey, we have to do more digital retailing in that intersection of multiple entry points into the funnel, how does digital retailing help solve for that, create that that harmonious uh, con- customer experience using digital platforms? Well, Steve, I think it can it can help solve for it, and it can help complicate it as well. Um, I, I think that the biggest aspect of, of digital retailing, and if we're looking at it from an aspect of the whole goal of digital retailing, is to make it easier for the customer, so that mm-hmm. we need to make sure as as an industry and our clients are truly making the digital retailing or that aspect of the retailing experience 
valuable for the customer. So if if I go to a, an OEM's website or a dealer's website and, and I truly want to work um, a specific vehicle and look at the payments, value my trade, and, and all those aspects that come in with purchasing a car, um, and if I disappoint the consumer, there's a good chance that I can lose them. I can lose them to another brand. I can lose them to an, another dealer. So fundamentally, you want to make sure that your your that 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 part of your you know experience um, is sound, and that consumers are going to get um, the questions that they have answered you know throughout your process. And, and whatever you know, technology that you're using to to utilize for for digital retailing. So I think that is so important that we cannot have a lackluster uh, experience because that's only going to hurt um, those consumers from really um, purchasing a car from from the dealer. The other part I want to dive into is that we've we've talked about the transaction, the purchase, right? And 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 there's certainly the value of that, but there's the the other side of the relationship that consumers have with their vehicles, and that's the service and maintenance side. And quite frankly, it's the the higher profit margin area of the dealership. When we talk about digital retailing beyond the transaction and long-term customer experience around service and how that might drive loyalty, what what are the opportunities when it comes to the service bay where digital retailing can can have some opportunities or can really make an impact with consumers? Yeah, I, I think the the that is that is key, right? And the the number one factor that that we talk about uh, with our OEM partners and our clients is how do we you know help um, the consumer drive the the experience on their terms? How do we provide the relevant and timely information so that they can take better care of of their investment uh, of their new car you know whether it's 30 40 50 60 thousand dollars and make sure that they are getting the recommended you know factory maintenance and they understand the overall health uh, of their vehicle and i think that's a huge um, part of of modern retailing in being able to deliver um, the information that the consumers need to make their their lives easier and to make their vehicle um you know overall ownership experience um the best that they can because we all know that um you know if a consumer is servicing um the vehicle at at, at their local dealership the chances of them purchasing um their next vehicle are much much greater so it's not just about buying a car it's about servicing a car and it goes back to steve what i said is you know if you've got a service scheduler um that you can't find an appointment or it's three weeks out um it all comes back to that customer experience so um we as an industry and and dealers need to uh inspect what um, they would expect as a consumer. And I think that's where it all starts, whether it's, you know, digital retailing to buy a, a newer used car or it's service tools to help the consumer schedule an appointment and make the ownership, um, you know, life cycle easier. You talked about serving your clients, both OEMs and dealers. When you talk about this topic with them, whether it's digital retailing broadly um, or even digital advertising and some of the changes and shifts that are afoot there, what are some of the, the, the most frequent concerns 
challenges you're hearing from your clients and what advice are you giving them on how to approach and tackle this this opportunity? Yeah, Steve, I think, you know, the the, the question and the challenge um, that we always hear both on the OEM and the dealer side is, you know, we, we need more we need more leads. We need more opportunities um, to do business. And, and I think it goes back to what I previously said is that in order to capture you know more leads and more opportunities we we as an industry and a partner to our clients need to be focused on delivering the best customer experience because we we all know that as as shopping has changed and behavior has changed that there is so much information out there as a consumer that i can get and and do research on the vehicle that i have interest in uh, whether that's at the OEM tier one site or or at the dealer site. So it comes down to um, being able to answer those customers questions uh, and being able to deliver, you know, the right message to to those shoppers at, at the right the right time. So I think it's all em- about embracing technology um, and that that technology, putting it to use to help solve the consumers um, you know, problems and questions that they have. And ultimately that drives more leads and more sales transactions. How big is a concern around consumer privacy protection, protection of, of data, right? There's certainly the piece of investing in digital retailing, digital advertising to create that experience we're talking about, but there's an and to that says do so in a way that also protects your consumer. Can you talk a little bit about navigating this notion of we have to do more de- more digital m- invest more in digital and also do so in a way that's that that's protective and 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 does not uh, put off any consumers yes yeah, you i think there's there's two two parts of that question and, and the first is you know if if i am a consumer that's you know looking to purchase um, a vehicle, and I'm I'm engaging in in a digital retailing tool. Um, again, I, I'm engaging uh, in that digital retailing tool because I'm the type of consumer that wants to you know drive um, that that process on on my own. So it comes back to you know if if I'm engaging in a digital retailing tool and I've given a dealer or an OEM my name, um, you know my email address, my phone number. Um, but I've asked not to be communicated to, or or I'm trying to complete complete the transaction online. Again, it comes back to escorting uh, the consumer um, along in the process, and and not you know just well you know come into the dealership today. So I think we need to um, really respect um, the consumer um, and be able to help them throughout the process. And when we do help them throughout that process, we will ultimately get them into the store and, and sell them a car. So I think that that's a big part of it is making sure that you're use, utilizing, you know, digital retailing and, mo- and modern commerce in a way um, that is truly helping the customer and is not just a, another lead gen um, tool. So that that's a big part about it. And then the other aspect um, around privacy, I, I think, is you know being able to market to the consumer um, in a way. And we've got you know Google blocking you know third-party cookies, 
um, you know, uh, Apple um, requiring consumers to opt in on iOS 14.5. So there's there's a lot of you know things around um, data and advertising. But again, I think it comes back to you know when the consumers opt in um, to get relevant information that we we want to we as an industry want to deliver them the right the right message at the right time. Uh, and then on the flip side, if if they don't want to be communicated with or they want to be communicated with in a certain manner, we certainly need to respect uh, their privacy. Thanks for listening. We'll be right back with more. Consumers today are pushing for remote and virtual experiences. What you may think is a simple fix by going fully online quickly results in an even bigger problem loss of control, and shrinking profit margins. The question isn't if you go online, it's how. How is it done in a way that you don't sacrifice the success of your overall dealership? The answer? Tune in starting May 17th for a virtual summit hosted by Reynolds & Reynolds. You will gain educational insight into all things digital retail, challenges to the status quo, how to retail anywhere without sacrificing anything, and the true impact on dealerships just like yours through one-on-one dealer conversations. This event is on us and on demand. Grab a seat while they last. We hope to see you there. To register for the virtual summit and learn more about retail anywhere, visit reyrey.com slash register. That's R-E-Y-R-E-Y.com slash register. Can we spend a minute maybe on this cookie theme? Because I know you and your team are presenting a webinar to our to our readers and subscribers here in, in later this month. Can you spend maybe a couple of minutes talking about this cookie issue, maybe a, a bit of a, of a um, glimpse into what you're going to be talking about later this month on the webinar? You know, what's going on here? What do what do uh, marketers need to think about? It's it's clearly a huge topic, and I don't want to steal any of the thunder of what you guys are going to be talking about uh, in in a few weeks. But but at a high level, what is this issue, and what do marketers need to be thinking about? Yeah, Steve, I think that the the big issue is you know Chrome is the the number one you know browser um, out out there in the market that that is owned by Google, and Google came out and said in. 2022, they're going to start blocking third-party cookies. So um, that that's you know those those cookies that other other um, you know ad tech and you know in-market kind of audiences that people are are buying um, from others out there. So really, it's it's going to affect the overall targeting ecosystem as it as it relates to the way um, that you know other other agencies or other brands might use these these third-party audiences to target in-market shoppers. Um, so yes, there's going to be a fundamental um, shift um, in, in the ad tech industry with the blocking of third-party cookies. On the flip side, I think where it really helps the industry um, and, and really should pro- provide a much more um, laser focus around OEMs and and dealers owning their their own audiences and really putting their first party data um, to use to make them more efficient and effective uh, marketers. And the good news is if you've got the the right solutions in in place, 
um, then overall you're not going to be affected um, by the blocking of um, Google of the third third party cookies. Let's play on your use of the word solutions there. If I'm leading retailing for a giant dealership, lots of rooftops, the investment to these type of solutions seems, I would assume, manageable. If you're a small dealer in Midwest, Midwest uh, United States, one rooftop, two rooftops, investment in this kind of technology seems daunting. Are the perhaps perceived barriers to technology investment that substantial or are there ways that smaller retailers can take advantage of this without the massive capital investment that they might assume is required? Yes, Steve, I think that there there is absolutely ways that from a single point rooftop to to um, the large dealer groups out there, there are manageable um, solutions. And I think that the biggest aspect of this this conversation is really around understanding um, the the ecosystem, understanding the the players, um, and really being able to um, you know demystify um, fact from fiction. And I think a lot of times that that's what happens you know in in our industry. So um, there there are solutions out there. There are ways that um, dealerships can really harness. Um, you know, their first party data, that data that lives in their DMS and their CRM uh, and that data that they collect from their website and be able to put that to use to um, make them overall smarter and more efficient uh, marketers. Uh, and then, you know, not really even being affected um, by what's happening with Google blocking third party cookies. And then the other aspect of that's been, you know, in the news and in many, many headlines um, is the Facebook and Apple uh, battle with, you know, Apple and their iOS 14.5 update and and making um, their consumers opt into um, sharing information within all the apps that they have installed on on their phone. So it is, again, um, you know, trying to be more um, you know, compliant and privacy um, forward for their consumers. Um, but at the same time, there's ways for uh, dealers and OEMs to truly harness the power of, of their own data and put that to work for them. Certainly a lot of opportunity, a lot of excitement, a lot of change on the way. And I, I want to I want to close with a question relative to what excites you most about digital retailing in the in the future. Where is all of this going five, 10, 15 years from now? Before I ask that question, though, I want to I want to look at the the flip side of that. And that is there are things around this space that I think keep people up at night. Uh, You've been in this industry for 20 years. You've been working on digital retailing for a long time. You advise clients on this on a daily basis. What is keeping you up at night when you think of what is happening in digital retailing and where this is going? What are what are things that that worry you or concern you? Yes, Steve, I, I think there's a there's a number of things that, from a, a client standpoint, you're always worried about. Are your clients in the best 
positioned to succeed long term? Uh, and how can we help them succeed long term with, you know, defining that strategy? And I think it all all starts with with the strategy. Um, and strategy is not just about uh, an advertising plan. Like you said, it, it comes back to, you know, what what is the, the, the consumer experience? What is the retailing plan? So those are the from that perspective, what, what's keeping me up at night is making sure that we're doing everything that we can to advise our clients um, for for the here and now. Right. Because we, we, we still live in these 30, 30 day cycles to make sure that we're doing everything that we can to help our clients now but also that we're helping them prepare for the future um, and, and what that future looks like and how do we um, help you know, insulate um, our, our franchise dealer partners from um, you know, the, the, the pure digital plays, et cetera. Um, so that, that's what keeps me up at night, but it's also what you know, we're passionate uh, about is helping you know, drive our clients helping them get better every day and and evolve. And I think that's the real exciting part about the automotive industry. Um, and, you know, the the type of people that we work with are entrepreneurial. They're not afraid to make changes. And I think that's what makes our industry great. Um, so we're going to continue to push them hard to evolve um, and not just think about this month and next, but what the future looks like. And are we fully prepared for it? So what excites you? What does that evolution look like? What are we, where is this, this going in five, 10, 15 years, this notion of digital retailing, digital advertising, connecting with consumers more on digital platforms? Yeah, Steve, what, what excites me the most is there is a massive opportunity that that's in front of us right now to help OEMs and, and dealers deliver a consumer first experience harnessing, you know, technology, machine learning, um, so that we can, you know, provide consumers um, the information um, that they want, when they want it, and then we can engage them, you know, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. Uh, and that that's, we, I believe we're just at the, the infancy stages of that. And there's so much um, momentum and opportunity that's in front of us as an industry. And that's really, you know, what I'm passionate about and what's driving, you know, our, our 500 plus team members to, to help our clients and OEM partners, um, you know, prepare for the future and make sure that, that we don't get left behind. David, certainly an exciting topic, certainly a rich and I think engaging future of digital retailing in the automotive industry. I appreciate you taking a few minutes and sharing your perspectives with our listeners. Thank you so much, Steve. I enjoyed the conversation. That's Daily Drive for Friday, May 14th. For breaking news, go to autonews.com. And to catch up on all of our episodes of Daily Drive, go to autonews.com forward slash daily drive. Make it a great Friday, everyone, and have an amazing weekend. We'll be back on Monday.